previously on my best friend's journal. What in the fuck does a douche look like? Mike, oh. I have I have your new one in my house. Should I show oh. it to him? Yes. Okay. Anything you smell is an actual particle of that thing inside your body. Yeah. You smell a fart, you are inhaling fecal matter. You were doing Dr. Doolittle, the musical at oh this God. point. Uh. <laughs> that theater that did it. They have um, a very gay staff of men working, and it's all about the newest, cutest person. Fully understand that I got jobs with them because I thought it was cute. Then you got on a bus to go back to Philly for rehearsal. I do love the Greyhound. Kind of pointless. Wish I had stayed to celebrate in NYC. The 26th, again, an unproductive rehearsal. This is one of my favorite lines I've ever read in your journal. Are you ready? No, I'm not. Go ahead. Shaved balls and asshole. Will I find that funny next year? (laughs) Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Hello. Hi, Cam. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just fine. How are you? Good. I'm Mike, and this is my best friend's journal. I'm Cam, and this is also my best friend's journal. (laughs) Hey, I have a question for you. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. So, I was talking to a friend earlier this week, and she brought up a very interesting point that I thought, man, I need to ask Mike this on the podcast. So, here we go. Um, she, this is my friend that is traveling right now. She's the only person in the world I know that's actually having experiences because she's living in New Zealand where oh, the whole country is open. I know. Yeah. So she's staying in a hostel currently and, uh, she sent me this message the other day. She was very grossed out because one of her hostel mates, uh, one of the people, I don't think they're sharing a room, but there's like a communal bathroom in the hallway. Um, and she, uh, my friend went into this bathroom and she went to the stall and she could tell the person in the stall next to her was brushing their teeth and peeing at the same time. So like she can uh, hear like Exactly. She she could hear the distinctive sounds of both happening at the same time. Okay. And uh my friend was really grossed out. She was like, "Okay, like she ha- she was in a public bathroom stall. She had to come out like she had to wipe. She had to come out and wash her hands and she was just finished brushing her teeth. It really was disgusting. <laughs> Wait, did and- she like leave the brush in her mouth while she was washing her hands? I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was the the impression that I got. And so this was the first message I get. And um, I was like, okay, that's a little gross. It doesn't gross me out that much, though, because I pee and brush my teeth like every night before I go to bed. I like start brushing my teeth and like wander in. But it's very different because I stand when I pee. I don't have to wipe. I can keep. I'm, it's also not a public bathroom. But yeah, better. But still, the a, question, still a no for me. It's you don't ever pee and brush your teeth at the same time. No, it's I mean. Standing, I guess you're a little further away from like the pissing area than if you're a, a seated pisser. <laughs> also known as the toilet. <laughs> no, no, I call the it the pissing area. <laughs> <laughs> um, One second, I have to run to the pissing area. <laughs> you know what? I think I would prefer that to like the little boys in the little girls room. I think that's gross. I'd rather <laughs> yeah, say, it's gross. excuse me one uh, sec, I've got to head to the pissing area. <laughs> um, but I uh-huh. think... 
even though you're a little further away by standing than you would be if you were sitting, you are also leaving more opening in the toilet. Like, at least your butt is kind of blocking piss particles from coming up. But if you're standing, you're... Don't say <laughs> piss particles. Okay, this... No, we are not getting into the whole, like, there's piss particles in the air situation. You could still brush your teeth in a room where you could still smell your poop. Like, that doesn't mean that you're brushing poop into your mouth. Actually, I disagree with you. I think it does mean you're brushing poop in your mouth. <laughs> okay, you're okay. That is too much, and I can't. Wait, wait. So that actually really brings me to my next point, though. Hold so, on one second. I do think if you are, we said a couple episodes ago, if you're smelling a fart, you're literally inhaling a fart. Like you're getting fart particles. You're getting poop particles. There is no difference between smelling it while you're brushing your teeth. If you're smelling it, you. They are close enough to your nose. They're getting in your mouth, and you are scrubbing them into your gums. Okay, that is. A little bit extreme. Actually, it's quite extreme. So first of all, we're talking about microscopic particles that are small enough that they are clinging to the air and Mm -hmm. floating through the air and you're smelling them. That does not mean that you are literally like brushing particles of poop into your gums. That is that is a far leap and a little bit more than I'm willing. I feel like that's a conspiracy theory. Maybe it's not is, detrimental. Maybe it's got no effect on you because they're so tiny, but you are doing it. Whether or not they're tiny, it's happening. Okay. So you've never pooped in the bathroom and then gotten up from pooping and gone to brush your teeth. I honestly try to avoid it. It's a real turnoff. I also don't like to like hang out in my own stench, but okay. Anyway, this really leads to the next part of this message. So okay. your stance, just to be clear, your stance on peeing and brushing your teeth is like, uh, Maybe not my favorite thing. Wouldn't do it on purpose, but it's like not the worst thing in the world if it's in your own home, right? But still pretty gross in a public bathroom. Yeah, if I'm if I'm running late and I must do it, sure. And mm-hmm. yeah, still pretty gross in a public bathroom. I guess if like hell or high water, I've got to choose. I might do both, you know? I also have a really tiny bladder. So like sometimes I like, you know, start brushing my teeth. I'm like, oh my God, I really have to pee because, you know, running water or whatever. So I just like step into the bathroom and pee while I'm brushing my teeth. Anyway, would never do that. Like I, I also can't think of an instance in which I would brush my teeth in a public bathroom like i i guess unless i were staying at a in a shared space oh, and i've yeah, done it all the time airports i brush my teeth yeah so yes that's a really good example of a place where you wouldn't wander in and pee while you're brushing your teeth <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine seeing that at an airport someone start brushing their teeth and just wander over to a urinal <laughs> and pee <laughs> while they do it that would be shocking okay anyway sorry i'm making this way too long so we then cut to the next morning when this same friend walks into the same bathroom and the same person is in the stall brushing their teeth yet again, but this time they're pooping. Oh, so they did do that. They did do it. And that to me is, I mean, I would never do it even in my own home and in a public restroom. That is a step too far. That is savage, unacceptable behavior. Agree or disagree? Agree. That's vile. Okay. Is that your question for me? Would I or do I approve? Well, yeah. My, I guess my question for you is like, do you have an, a strong opinion about pee pee poo poo while brushing teeth? <laughs> I do, and you heard it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, all this uh, pee pee poo poo talk is a perfect transition <laughs> to talk. my gayest moment of the week. Gay, 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 gay. It's not nearly as gross as combining your oral and anal hygiene, but... (laughs) (laughs) Don't say anal hygiene. I don't know. Gross. It's almost like it's the same as piss particles. (laughs) Anyway, um, my friend just gave birth a couple months ago. And so that is, you know, traumatic on one's vag. (gasps) What? She she poo-poo on the table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's not what this is about. (laughs) Okay. I always like to know. 
I think most people do. I think that they say uh, over half of uh, women who give birth poop on the table. I think the only way not to is to literally have no poop left in you. Like you have to have just maybe just pooped. Or maybe be very constipated. Yeah, the, you're probably right about that. Anyway, not about that. She uh, used a Perry bottle, which I had never heard of. Or she uses one. I don't know. Perrier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uses sparkling water to clean her vagina. You spray oh. it like douche adjacent um, to clean. External douche, I'm assuming? Yeah, to, okay. to clean instead of wipe. Because I assume you don't want to wipe when there's already oh, been okay. trauma to the area. So anyway. So we're talking about her vulva specifically. We're, we're, we're spritzing a vulva with a peri bottle. Yeah. And she was talking about it. And she said, I, I think it's similar to uh, uh, the douche you were talking about. And she's referring to the douche that your husband bought me. We have a close friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh. my gayest moment is just um, sending her in the middle of a day on a Wednesday a picture of my douche. And it's... Um, <laughs> Pretty aggressive picture. You have a close friendship with her, too. <laughs> I almost only have close friendships. I don't have a lot of just, like, I, I get there pretty quick. Yeah, there's. you would send a picture of your douche to most of your friends, I dare say. I would. Prob- if they asked. If they asked, yeah, I wouldn't. Just, morning. <laughs> so that's all. Just a, just a clean, simple, <laughs> clean, simple gayest moment. Uh, that is pretty gay. And um, did you have right. a gayest moment? I did. Mine actually has to do with a book that I'm reading. I'm not even going to say the name of the book because I'm about to talk about a plot point. And if anyone ever wants to read it, I don't want to ruin anything. So I am reading a book and there is a beloved character. It's the second book in a series. And there's a beloved character that only has one eye. And it is a, a very serious scene in which these uh, this group of characters, this Barry Mand of... Barry Mand? This, this Barry Manilow of- comes up. He's lost an eye. <laughs> He was in the war. <laughs> this merry band of travelers is set upon by um, some baddies, and the, the this character is is fatally wounded. It's really sad, and her best friend, it's these two women, they are, like, having this, like, their last moment as this one-eyed person. <laughs> This one-eyed woman dies, and I was I was really sad and like in this in the moment and just really like kind of like feeling it um and in the writing and then I was yanked abruptly out of the writing because uh the I was listening to it as an audiobook um and the the narrator read the line for a brief moment her warm brown eye met mine <laughs> and I was so mad that that whole that whole moment was ruined for me that was a a poor poor choice on that author's part like you must know better that the image especially if you're hearing this story be told to you the image that i just Uh you know came up with even though you told me the backstory that she's missing an eye is that Uh two people backed their butts into each other (laughs) it was like two that's how two bottoms have sex (laughs) yes just two Two warm brown eyes meeting across Yikes. a crowded room. Oh, it and, it, was... and the, that it's singular, her warm brown eye. <laughs> I know. So the term brown eye is so ruined for me. I, I, I don't know if it's because of this podcast or because of it's uh, because of the fact that I'm just gay and I can't hear the term brown eye without being gross about it. But man, it really, uh, it really fucking grossed me out. And I was like, well, I don't care anymore. So sorry that this character died. <laughs> I think that's pretty reasonable because it's, it is the singular thing that's the issue. Because why would you ever – it's a very rare occasion when you're going to talk about one's brown eye and not mean their <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I know. And actually, as an author, um, if you were talking about a one-eyed character, you probably wouldn't even give that a second thought, right? Because, you know, she has brown eye. She has a brown eye. And so maybe her mind isn't always, uh, you know – 
quite so dirty as mine. Well, you didn't give us the title of that book, but is there anything you do want to suggest? <gasps> yeah, I've been consuming some good content this week. Uh, it's been a really good week, actually. I've had a really like normal work week. It's felt like it was a really busy Monday through Friday. I was so excited for yesterday um, because it felt like a real Friday for the first time in like a year, which is not the question you asked. I just wanted to say it was a great normal week. You're welcome. So I consumed a few pieces of content this week, one of which was what you recommended I think it was last episode in and of itself on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to quickly say that I second the recommendation. It is an incredible piece of content. I don't even know what to call it. Incredible piece of garbage. (laughs) It is is indefinable. It is. um, I I honestly, I was, when it started, I didn't know if I was going to love it as much as you did. And then all of a sudden I found myself crying on the couch. So um, it is so worth your time. It's pretty short. It goes by really quick. Uh, anyone out there that has Hulu and has access to this, I really recommend it. Well, that was, that's 90 minutes of content. You said you had a good week. Anything else? Uh, yeah, actually. So wait, you watched Bridgerton, right? No, I have not. Oh, seriously? I don't need to. Every time people bring it up, they're just, I get it. It's a lot of hot people having sex. Like I don't, I don't care. Okay. Well, I'm actually kind of glad that you didn't because I was shocked. I finished it this week. I kind of like didn't love the first few episodes. I got into it by the end. It's fine. Like six out of 10 for me, probably. That is not the point of this conversation. I thought you had watched it and I was shocked that I hadn't gotten text messages from you about this because (sighs) Mike, there is a plot line in there that is so baffling to me that this is, this is the number one show ever watched on Netflix, right? Ever? Number one. Ever. Damn. And by the way, if you haven't watched Bridgerton yet and you don't want to hear about plot points, I don't even know if it's a spoiler. You can you can skip ahead a minute or two. But I think if it's a my, six out of ten, then like who cares about spoilers, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but some people really love it. I mean, some people sure. are like so over the moon about it. Um, but one of the main plot points in this show is the fact that there's this character, the hottest man. He's the Duke. And he had an awful relationship with his father and doesn't want to propagate the family line because as like revenge to his dad. And so he swears to never marry. And then lo and behold, he falls in love and has this complicated relationship with this woman who is he's very, very attracted to. And they have this hot, steamy romance and it's very porny. Well, the biggest, most dramatic plot point in this whole show is the fact that he doesn't want to have a kid. So he doesn't come in her. So every time there's a sex scene, he pulls out and comes into a handkerchief <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's a little awkward for me. That's a little on the nose. It's not normally like, I don't, I don't feel like straight mainstream content is usually so load focused. And then <laughs> also just quick, quick question. Does he, he pulls out a handkerchief every, like he has it on him. Like what he like keeps it nearby so he can like blow his load, like either into a sheet or a handkerchief. Then in the culmination, like one of the most dramatic moments, she realizes that he, like how sex works. She's like this very prim, proper Victorian woman whose mother didn't teach her what sperm is. And so <laughs> then she realizes what it is. And so she like rides him and makes him come in her, which is shocking. And then he regrets it and it's all dramatic. And then the big, lovely, like we're back together scene at the in the final episode is when he finally realizes that. He loves her more than he hates his father, and so he's going to fill her to the brim. And then they, they have this big <laughs> romantic love scene, and you see you see this moment where he's literally just, you know, jizzing her right up. And I'm like, what is going on in this show that it is okay that the entire, like, crux of the matter is the fact that he, she wants his load? It is—can you imagine if that was gay content? <laughs> I can. can you- so— <laughs> 
he, he cream pied me, Dad. He's the one. <laughs> He's dripping down my leg right now. So, like, that's the culmination. That's the high point. Yes. It's like, yes, like, he finally came in me, and I love it. Yes. And it's cool. supposed to be, like, this big, like, romantic show. It's very, like, acclaimed. People seem to love it. And straight people don't seem to think there's anything weird about the fact that we are so focused on where he is busting his nut. It is so bizarre to me. You have said before, I think when your sisters-in-law were on, uh, that... The idea of whenever anyone's like, we're pregnant or we're trying, you're basically uh-huh. just hearing, well, I'm filled to the brim with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like ev- every night I'm just taking load after load and we're really hoping for a baby. I'm like, I don't need to know that. Thank you so much. It's really unfair. Yeah, because if a, if a gay couple said that, it would just it would be met with disgust. No one would be like, oh, my God, how are your bowels doing? Think of a mainstream Shondaland show that is the main plot point is a gay guy who's heartbroken because his boyfriend won't come in. <laughs> I think it's there. I'm trying to, I feel like I have seen this. <laughs> I, I think it's very underreported that we're, that this is the, the main plot of this entire show. And it seems like it's more at place in a Cardi B song. In fact, her new song up, has a lyric that reminded me exactly of Bridgerton, which seems so crazy, <laughs> but I, is it crazy? I, I, I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> It's like Bridgerton and Cardi B. Where's the crossover? They're both I will sex tell positive. You. Go ahead. <laughs> the crossover is this line where she says, uh, he nutted on my butt. I said, I'm glad that you came. <laughs> hey, that's right. That should have been the background track. Maybe it is in the soundtrack for that show. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway, have you been watching anything? Honestly, not a ton of stuff because I've just been busy, but I do prioritize Drag Race. I'm not going to get into it because I would, you know steal the episode with drag content but i do want to say you and i've been talking about it for like the last 12 hours we have a full like (laughs) friday night saturday morning recap every week and i love it me too but i'll give it a rest for the listeners here i do just want to say there is one queen that i'm really respecting she was not my like top queen but there's something i love about her that i think we do not uh, appreciate enough and that is that she had it's it's tamisha man she had cancer when she was originally Mm -hmm. cast last season had to go through treatment and then was invited back for the season. So like freshly recovering beyond that, she's got an ostomy bag she's dealing with. And like the point of this is not to say that she's, you know, overcoming a lot of obstacles, even though she is. The point is that she's not talking about it. She talks. I feel like you just glossed over the fact that she, that was a huge reveal in the episode where she said like, we were four episodes in and she tells us that she has a fucking ostomy bag. Exactly. And she's wearing like gorgeous garments and she's dancing and everything. Form fitting. That, yeah, That's an open wound on your body. It's it's very impressive totally. that we did not know until she talked about it. No, we found out in confessionals, I believe. And it just it really shows character because there are lots of other queens in the show who make excuses for far less. And even though it was obviously inhibiting her from some of the aspects of some of these challenges, she never brought it up because she was like, I want to be judged on the best mm-hmm. I can give in this moment. I, I think that she is a really good example of one of those like... Um, you know, kind of one of those adages that you never know what other people are going through. Um, that actually reminds me, I had a moment this week where I was, I, I was reminded of that and I had to really check myself because I pulled up to the gym the other day. Um, and there was a car next to me. Um, and there's a woman sitting in it and I looked over and she had just like the stankiest stank face on. Like I thought she was immediately, my impression was that she was pissed cause I had parked a little close and I was like, okay, the car- parking lot was covered in snow. I couldn't see the lines. So like, I'm probably a little close. And so I backed up and I reparked and I looked over and she like looked over at me and still had the nastiest expression on her face. I'm like, wow. Like eye contact with you? W- yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but in just like a really, really like sourpuss face. And I, and 
immediately in my head, I was like, I dare you to say something to me about how I parked my car. Like I was fighting with her immediately. I was armored up. I was like, not today. Let's go. Like, do you ever do that where you're just like automatically fighting with someone in your head? Like, 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 like spinning. Oh yeah. I, I play it out in my head because I, yes. I really want to hit those zingers. I want to get a bunch of good one-liners at them without hesitating. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and I want to be ready. If she says something, like, c***y to me, I'm going to, like, just clap back. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, lo and behold, she's in the gym. She's working out. uh, I go to a CrossFit gym, and they're – I'm really – just a a quick – covid responsibility moment they're doing a great job everything's very spaced out it's very masked up we have great ventilation i love it anyway glad to hear it she is a woman that i didn't know and she was working out next to me and she just had this most sour expression the whole time and just was in a really surly mood and then halfway through the workout she gets like really emotional with the coach and talks about the fact that She's sorry. She's distracted. Her daughter is undergoing some really serious medical procedures that day, and she had come to the gym to try to, like, distract herself. And all of a sudden, it all made sense to me. Like, she was not giving me a dirty look. She was on the phone talking about one of the most worrying things she could be as a parent to someone before she came in the gym in her car. And then she comes in, and that's all she was thinking about, and she was just looking for a distraction. She probably did not even see me when she looked up, you know? She Mm -hmm. was, like, she was absolutely in her own head, and I... Just, I, I was, I almost said something at one point and I would have been, that would have been so inappropriate and so hurtful because I didn't stop to think she's going through something that has nothing to do with me. In hindsight, yes, but it's hard to think that when you feel like, you know, you're being attacked by someone's dirty looks or whatever. We get uh-huh. self-defensive and just forget that you never have any fucking idea what someone else is going through. No. And I could really use to, and sometimes I'm better at this than others, but like that day, I was righteous in my my feeling, you know. I was like, I'm not gonna let her take me down. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for myself. And I could really probably use to go through this world with a little bit less armor and a little bit more kindness. And even if she was shitty with me, I didn't need to clap back at her. That wouldn't accomplish anything. Like I don't need to always be the person with the comeback. To your credit, I think you're generally quite kind. I think you're you're uh, putting a spotlight on a couple moments that you feel like you could have not been, but also. You didn't, you didn't say anything. So like, that's, I, I didn't, but it kind of good. freaked me out that it would have been so easy to do so. You know, I was yeah. like that, that I, I was not coming from a place of like, you know, generosity of spirit. I was not giving her the benefit of the doubt and it would have been better to, to start from that place. So it was a good reminder, um, to, that, you know, you never know what people are going through. You hear it all the time. Uh, but I don't always practice that even though that I know it logically. So, um, yeah, it just reminded me of it. Well, a good reminder for us all. And speaking of reflecting on bad behavior, um, are you ready <laughs> to wrap this up and jump into the journal? Absolutely. Why the hell do you brush your teeth at work? The bathroom's full of poop and pee, and now you've rubbed that on your teeth like you're gonna kiss someone at... Three, one... One six, eight six Tell seven. Tell us where we are. Five three zero oh. <laughs> nine eight six seven five three zero oh, nine. <laughs> oh man, I was trying to make a Beyonce reference. Nine oh. four eight one. Um, what did you ask me? Where we are? I told you where we were. We're in three one one six, March first. Sure are. Well, you told me when we are, but where we are is Philadelphia. Ooh. I am doing a show, and you didn't ask, but you probably will. So I'll just let you know. I'm doing. A show called Dogfight. I'm living with Janine and B2, who I called B1 last time by accident. Sorry about that. And, um, you know, <laughs> shaving my head. For some reason, I went straight to, like, a cat fight joke. Is there a joke in there for cat fight? Um, no, but speaking of cat fight, which has, like, a derogatory connotation, 
this was the most misogynistic experience I've ever had in theater. So I just think that, oh. that I should put that out there. Great. So, um, wow, you went from the worst, the, from the most racially insensitive experience you've had in theater uh-huh. to the most misogynist. So cool. Sure have. What a time in your life. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, 2016 wasn't great for anyone. March, except for my marriage. Um, March 1st. Yeah. Your marriage and Donald <laughs> good company. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Got married two months before he was elected. Um, March 1st. You put John's after long rehearsal question mark. Not sure. Late entry. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, fun. This will be a great couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, on March 2nd, still hunting down your W-2 from Schmush Martins. They have to send those out in January, but you have moved about 14 times. So People they probably didn't know where to send it. love to torture me with anything money involved. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's definitely their fault that you moved and <laughs> probably sent hey, it to... I am pretty good about where my addresses are. I know where I told people that I'd be, and I also get things forwarded, and I send stuff to my mom's house. I know how to follow my shit. So get on it, ladies. You just mentioned three different ways this W-2 <laughs> could have gone out. I was very clear about which carrier pigeons to use. I told them exactly <laughs> which coordinates in the ocean I might be, and I don't understand what's difficult about that. And it's definitely their fault. They love to torture you. These corporations, why can't they be more personal? March 2nd. Oh, sorry. It's still March 2nd. So you're hunting down your bush. Or shmush. No one's got to hunt down my bush. My bush is clear. <laughs> Oh my god! I just gave myself the most beautiful dick haircut last night. Um, I know, and you were you were texting me while I was watching Drag Race with our friend Aaron, and as as you were telling me about your bush cut, I was live streaming that to her, word for word, everything you told. So just so you know, she knows about your bush cut too. Well, and now everyone does. You know, sometimes you just like really want to feel feel fresh downstairs. Totally, it's a good. Well, okay, don't make it sound like this was a. The real purpose was you're like, I got time to come before Drag Race. I guess I'll shave my bush. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't shave it. I trimmed it. I shaped it up beautifully. And I told you it would take you well past the show. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know the current state of my pubic hair. I do. You sent me a picture. (laughs) I have never sent you a picture of my bush. You, however, have definitely sent me a picture of your bush. I sent you a picture post-bush. I said, is this this a good trim for, I think, Fire (laughs) Island? Man, we're close. We've talked about a lot of things that would cross lines in most friendships, but not ours, sir. You told me not about <laughs> a stray hair on your shaft, I believe, is what we were talking <laughs> about yesterday. And that Aaron got a good tickle out of that, too. Hey, sometimes you'll get one like way up near the tip and you're like, excuse me, what are you doing up here? This is not where you, <laughs> you live. ran away from your get friends. Get out of here. Just as a rogue shaft here, it happens. I'm, I mean, that's this. These are just hard truths that you're going to get from my best friend's journal. Rogue <laughs> shaft hairs happen. So I wasn't even going to mention this on the podcast, but I think that I came up with a new single for your for um our uh our first studio album, album? that we're yeah. eventually going to put out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went something like that. I was Peter was out running errands, and I was super hyper because he was going to bring home pizza. We were going to drink wine and watch Drag Race. It's like my very favorite Friday night. I was super energized. And you about had just it. lost five pounds of hair. And <laughs> I had just, I just given my dick the most beautiful haircut. So I, I made up this little song. I, I, and, I wait with bated breath. What something like this? I just made my dick so beautiful. Yes, I just trimmed it up so beautiful. I just made my dick so beautiful. I gave my dick a beautiful haircut. And that was my little dick haircut theme. I gotta tell you, I'm unimpressed. (laughs) (laughs) 
I liked it. And I, you know, sang it around the house for a little bit. That's going to have to be on the extended edition of the album. Certainly not on the first <laughs> I, release. <laughs> can you just like drop a beat under that and like uh, <laughs> throw in some harmonies yeah, for I'll me? Yeah, transition up. <laughs> <laughs> stuck in your own head <laughs> bring myself joy if no one else so we haven't even finished the second entry here so you're still hunting down your w-2 and the whole rest of that entry is you trying to plan for your taxes it's not interesting That's so fun. march 3rd random day off finally got taxes done on march 4th did oh oh god i just had a flashback i went to the wrong year and you were doing ab fab i'm like not that again <laughs> March 4th, rehearsal, slow teching, went to Sweat, where Janine works? It's Jim, yeah. Oh, okay. Worked out. Then Trader Joe's run. We were out of food. That's a really good reason to go to the God, this journal sucks. Who wrote this? (laughs) (laughs) I love the, I, I don't know, it's, you don't usually qualify things. So like, we were out of food. It's like a little bit more exposition than we normally get. Thank you for telling us why you would go to a grocery store. Whew, thank God. I mean, I didn't. I was worried that we wouldn't get some of those juicy details this time, but <laughs> but here we are in the thick of it. March 5th, rehearsal. This show is not so good. <laughs> the 6th, day off, long morning, sipping coffee and watching Potter on TV. Potter! Harry Potter! Explored some Philly with Janine and B2 and ate at Grindcore. Uh, Grindcore is just a delicious vegan spot. I'm pretty sure you and I had this. We had those really yummy breakfast sandwiches when you were here. Oh, that's where we got those from? Mm-hmm. That cute little spot on the corner? That's it. Oh, I like it. Um, you smoked and chilled. March 7th, 10 out of 12, tech for dogfight. Shaved head at 9 a.m. Lots of positive attention. Great. I look kind of sexy, but I don't... <laughs> I look kind of sexy, but it'll grow back. <laughs> <laughs> I look kind of sexy, but don't worry. It'll grow back and you'll get back to your dumpy <laughs> self. <laughs> oh, sorry. I read, I read that a little wrong. Same... same uh, idea i look kind of sexy but i'll grow it back oh i think you did look kind of sexy it's a good look. i look kind of sexy it's and a little... in like the very manicured picture i took you know what i mean there's other pictures where i'm like oh my god i look like a fucking like like a freshly born human of of 27 years <laughs> old you know <laughs> you somehow emerged from the womb at yeah, that age like a little monster uh-huh. well on the eighth already miss my hair but getting ready is easy Got Lion's Head beers to drink after tech. On March 9th, oh, you're already in previews. First preview, got to sleep in and go to the gym. Um, You're annoyed at your last theater because of some pay things. You submitted to some agents and you got referred. Um, Oh, that fun story about that. The um, agent that I ended up meeting with was actually the agent of the guy that I replaced in the last show, which was a real deal breaker for them. (laughs) Oh, dear. He, like they like uh, oh i'm sorry you replaced the, my client who got fired so i didn't make my commission on that job oh no worse than that they did not know he got fired so they saw it was the most oh, recent no. thing on my resume they were like wait you're playing this part our client's playing this part and i was like oh no he's not oh no he didn't, he didn't tell his agent he got fired it was super super <laughs> awkward they found out from me the person who's now you know interviewing for this agency did not get the agency oh man that's very frustrating <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. That's okay. Um, you said dogfight's not great. Dogfight's not great for a lot of reasons. It's also just like bad vibes. This is, like I said at the top here, the most misogynistic show I've ever been in, both behind the scenes and the show itself. A dogfight, according to the show, is finding the least attractive women you can to bring to a party one night. This is the night before these Marines go off to war. And so the goal- Mike, that's so fucked up. It is. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the whole- That is 
the whole show is about. I thought it was dogfight, like pew pew dogfight in the air, you know, two 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 planes. It's what they call it when two planes are oh, fighting each other. It's probably it's probably both meanings because they do go off to war. Um, did not uh-huh. think about that. Yeah. But no, someone you, you're trying to find the ugliest women you can, bring them to a party, and whoever finds the ugliest wins the dogfight. And then, lo and oh, behold, I bet the one of the guys falls in love with this ugly girl. So how could he possibly? I bet the the book from that show is really um, nuanced and and very you know um, respectful of women. Wait a minute, a pretty thing like you, no husband, no fiance, no boyfriend. Well, if you ain't a lesbian, my name's Eddie Birdlace. It is abysmal, but what is worse is like you really gotta approach this with a lot of grace, and we certainly did not. Um, our director was—I've talked about this team before, and they're you know really pro cute gay guys, and that's about it. Um, oh right, the women in the show a were pushed off stage as often as possible. Like he, there's scenes where we are interacting with women and instead this director had us um, face forward and just like talk to the audience. And instead of having anyone on stage, that was not a gay man. Also, oh, he would similar to having you sing your solo off stage. This is some really lazy directing. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, the least of it. He also um, just wouldn't give the women notes. There'd be a scene with a guy and a girl, the leads where he would just sit and talk about, the half naked guy he wants to talk to for two hours of notes. Insane. I remember I was complaining about these useless rehearsals. That was part of it. Oh, yeah. And he would completely ignore the, his, the co-star, the woman on stage. Why was he half naked? It was like a sex scene or something. Oh, just like a shirt off. Okay. Gotcha. Which means to this director, that's the only important uh-huh. thing going on. Um, he, so he's Jack from Will and Grace in his acting. <laughs> yes. you know, remember when he has an acting class and he has all the hot guys take their shirts off and tells the girls to sit in the back? Yes, literally. He, he is that caricature. <laughs> um, every choice he made contributed to this nonsense. And he like, okay, for instance, that scene I was talking about where there should have been women on stage and we just didn't have them on stage. At the end of it, we're, we're describing the women we're about to bring to the party. At the end of it, his choice for a final button on it was to have all of us pretend to vomit at how disgusting the women that we found were. Oh my god, that's not even funny. It wasn't funny. It was not. It was so. so, The show was awful. It was not good. It was really too bad because there was a lot of talented people in it. There was a lot of. It could have been done okay. I never think this kind of show could be great. I saw it off Broadway. Wasn't great there either. Um. But it just, it was a mess. And, you know, again, doing what I have to do for a fucking paycheck. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Okay, so it's the 10th of March. You had two previews. Not proud of this show, but hey, equity card. I'm glad I'm not proud of it. Glenn missed act one and was very upset. Huh? Oh, yeah. Isn't that one of your coworkers? Uh Uh-huh, one of my castmates. He slept. (laughs) He was taking a nap, similar to Luke from my last show. Missed the first act of the show. His understudy went on for the first act, and then then this guy came and went on for the second act. <laughs> okay, that's bonkers pants. Why yeah. wouldn't they just have the, the understudy finish the show? I, I, also, I why wouldn't know. he be fired? I really feel like missing an entire act of a show is grounds for firing. Well, he was a, a gay man, so he's it's okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. He... <laughs> Great questions all around. I will say this has happened at another theater that I worked for, not in a show I was in, in a show Michaela was in. They were doing ragtime, and the guy playing Cole House missed the first 10 minutes of the show. His understudy went on, and then when he got there, he took over. And I'm like, you can't do that. Just... (laughs) 
<laughs> no, you cannot. I saw a show on Broadway. I, I think it was a secondary character came in the, on the in the second act. Um, or the a secondary character was replaced in the second act by an understudy, and it was so distracting because I was like, I don't recognize this person. They're definitely like it. It wasn't a. a it wasn't a character that got like introdu- reintroduced. So you're like, wait, is this someone that we are supposed to already know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just all of a sudden in scenes, and it's so distracting as an audience member. But um, they, I think they announced that the person had like had hurt themselves, and so anyway, it was a it was a very bizarre situation as an audience member to try to figure that out and be like, oh no no no, it's just a different actor. If someone gets injured, you do what you got to do. It's live theater. But if someone has mm-hmm. just just missed it, then like, sorry, you've missed the show. Why? That's right. that stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it is very stupid. Back to March 10th. Glenn's upset. You got an appointment for Fakir in Secret Garden um, in at a theater in NYC. This is not a good time for me between uh, the appropriated black show, the misogynistic show, and now I'm up for a part. I'm up for an Indian role um, at a great theater in Philly. And I... Nope, in NYC. That's just where the audition was. The theater was in Philly. Oh, um, okay. Sorry. The This was, this was pre-woke Mike. I did go to this audition, and I was the only white person there, which is a good thing. But also, it felt just fucking absurd. I was like, why? I, I got called in for this. Just tell me you didn't try an accent. And, no, I did not do an accent. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I probably should have realized how absurd this was before I went to the audition. But, you know, you live, you learn. I'm really glad you didn't get that role. Me too. <laughs> All right. To finish that day, you had drinks at John's with uh, Janine, B2, and Victoria. Great. Who's Victoria? The lead in the show. Oh, okay. On the 11th of March, you started by looking over the secret garden sides. You cleaned and napped. It's dog fights opening night. You didn't have any comment about how that show went, though. I can promise you it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on March 12th. Who's Michael? Been texting Michael, and it makes me happy, a smiley face. Oh. Oh, my God. I'm sad I didn't write anything about Dogfight opening night because Michael was uh, a friend of, I think, Caspit Glenn, who missed the first act. (laughs) (laughs) Real A squad here. (laughs) He was at the opening night party. Um, And he was really, really, he is really cute. And he, him and I were just like chatting and having a lovely time and i was super into him and then he left uh the party because it was ending and i not literally ran but did go out after him caught him on the street and was like hey uh i had a great time talking with you would you like to go out sometime and he was like i would love to and it was <gasps> that's cute i know i just like one of the rare moments when was I, the last time you went on a fucking date that's I awesome don't know, but it was fun to be um it was fun to have the ballsiness pay off because I have done similar things where people have been like, I'm just, I'm really focused on my dog right now. And, um, <laughs> um, all right. So you wrote a smiley face after writing about texting Michael and you generally write negative emojis. So I'm glad that you drew a happy one. You had two shows. You had Diego's with Victoria and Glenn in between. And you ran into Rosa. Who's Rosa? Rosa of Tom and Rosa from the very early days of this journal. I had, I think I puked on Rosa's fajitas or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're puking on fajitas. You're eating couscous. It's all happening. Um, so nice to see her. And then, okay. On the March, the March, on the March 13th, texting Michael all day. Oh my God, Mike and Michael, Michael and Michael. It's too much, my friend. I know. I was just having this discussion with our friends. Uh, is that, would you rather I 
date someone with the same last name or first name. The last name would be weird because, oh. like, what if you... Well, oh, no, it's not just the same last name. I was specifically talking about um, there's a cute guy I know who's got almost the same last name as me, but minus the S at the end. Uh-huh. And that would be... I feel like that would be way more confusing than just dating someone of my same name. I would... I mean... Yeah, like if you guys ended up, you know, getting married, uh, the mail would be very confusing. But I do think that I would prefer for outside looking in, see you date someone with the same last name, as long as we're absolutely sure you're not related, as opposed to being like Mike and Mike and have to talk about which Mike it is, you know? Yeah, one could be Mike and and Michael. Um, Mm -hmm. I've... I have gone out with at least four Michaels. It's a very common name, and I feel like it's a not oft talked about problem in the gay world, dating the same name. It is. Um, there was, and it can happen in the hetero world as well. Unisex names. Yeah, it, it definitely can. Um, I know some. I know a couple of people who married someone with like the um, with the same last name but a different spelling, which would just be a huge pain in the ass. Like you have to go through oh, yeah. all that if you want to change your name just to change the spelling of it. Obnoxious. And then tell everyone um, who's known your name uh-huh. your whole life that now they're uh-huh. spelling it wrong. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you spent the whole day texting, uh, Michael. I have a real crush. I think oh, oh, I fine. love it when you have a crush in the journal. It's very motiv- or it's very energetic, energizing. This guy is one of like two guys ever that I feel like really was a good match um, conversationally, just kind of the same wit and banter. But that said, he was also pretty similar to me in a lot of ways, and that can be challenging for all of the reasons I'm challenging to date. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, sometimes opposites really do attract after you decided that you had a crush. You went to NYC with Caitlin and Ashley. I don't know who these people are after the show. Um, okay. You hung with Mick and then went to sleep after telling her all about Michael Mm -hmm. and then beating your meat. Probably. Okay. Yeah. No, Michaela and I did it together. Actually. It's more fun to (laughs) masturbate with your friends. (laughs) Mutual masturbation. I think that's fun. I think that's true, but you know, only with very specific. Wait, you think it's true? To I was kidding. Oh, okay. I, I don't used, know. I, I mean, I've had gay friends that, uh, you know, were just like friends with benefits that I would like to, you know, jerk off with. Hmm, sure. But there's like a, sesh. there's, there has to be an underlying sexual situation. Like you, if you and I masturbated together, it would really <laughs> ruin things. Oh my God. Please don't ever say that again. It made me have an upset stomach. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make a fun little friends with benefits joke. That's all. Uh, on March 14th, you woke up early and had breakfast with Kick and Mick. <laughs> woke them up with an interpretive dance to Grieg's morning. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm just an I asshole. hate you. I hate you. I would not, I would, that would not be a great start to my so day. It's a good song to wake someone up to. It's a very gentle, it's, lovely it's the overlay of every sunrise on every like happy movie and uh, all time. Exactly. Or, so um, cartoons, you know, I peeked into their room and I, uh, which is a real dangerous <laughs> game to play. <laughs> it to really is. He could have been back. balls deep. Okay. I probably would have heard if he was balls deep, unless he's got, he's like a, a very silent sexer. Um, <laughs> I peeked into the room. They were sleeping naked. I took pictures and then I danced. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, this is something we would do. Oh, I would fucking murder you. It's so funny. And this is one of the reasons I frequently lock my door. Even when I live alone, I'm just like used to the fact that like, if it's not locked, someone could come in. (laughs) Oh, you're a good roommate. No, Um, I'm I'm not. I think I proved I'm not. (laughs) But you're having fun. That's the kind of fun that was accepted in that house. Yes. You stayed in NYC. You had margaritas, took a nap, watched Drag Race and The Bachelor. Um, The Bachelor? Why? 
Yeah, probably because Michaela. you're living, you're with yeah. Michaela. Yeah. Uh-huh. On March 15th, we're going to, oh, we're going to finish with the Ides of March. It's a long day. You took a bus to Philadelphia for understudy rehearsal. Went pretty well. Show. Then back to NYC for tomorrow's interview. So tired going back and forth. Miss home. Yeah, no shit. You're on that bus like every other day. You're pretty much commuting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's where we are. That's mid-March. That's a fun place to leave. I've got a, a crush of brew and we'll see what happens there. Putting this journal away. I want to hear from listeners. Hit me with your best shot, daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We've learned uh, a new trick. Say something that I find gross when I'm like revving up to sing something and it'll cut me uh-huh. right off. <laughs> <laughs> Only took us 85 episodes to get there. Okay, so we have one here from Scott Loves Cake. Don't we all love cake? <gasps> Scott, we have that in common. It says, Hey guys, just a quick note to say thanks for making such a great show. Having you two pop up. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> Having you two pop up on my feed every week is really helping me through another British lockdown. Please keep up the excellent work. Kisses. And then in a, a similar review we got from ABCDEFGHIJKLMNOPQRSTUVWXYZ says, that's the name of the person. Um, uh, yeah, I got that. Thank you. Says, just positive journey. Listening to this podcast has helped me have a positive journey through the pandemic. Uh, that's what podcasts have become for me. It's like kind of hanging out with people. Just I Sometimes I just listen to the intro podcast where they do similar things like we do where they kind of catch up. I just like to hear people talk. It feels social. It's like leaving the TV on for the dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm the dog. <laughs> Except you're the dog. Yeah. It's radio. Yeah, I get it. And then we got an email from a Matthew and he is seeking some advice. So I told him we would save <gasps> it for... It's not that kind of show. I know. <laughs> I mean, talk to Savage Love, but we will do our very yeah. best. Um, so I, I told him that we could, you know, try and discuss the advice on, on the air. Is this the air? You know what I mean? It is. He said, Hey, Cam and Mike, I'm loving the podcast. I've listened to every episode and every week I get a good chuckle. I'm hoping you can give me some advice. After being single for longer than I'd like to admit and having a good long stretch of promiscuity, good on you. I find myself in my first serious relationship. I'm a top and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or yank my own horn. Am I right? That's me, not him. Sorry. (laughs) No one yanks a horn. Mixing metaphors. Continue. (laughs) But I've never really struggled completing the job when I was hooking up with the countless bottoms who have crossed paths with. Damn, man. I'm really happy with the guy I'm with and neither of us wants to wants an open relationship. We have been together only for eight months. And for whatever reason lately, I can't seem to finish when we are having sex. It's like I have a mental block and I am in my own head every time we are getting it on. The attraction is there, so I don't know what is going on. Is this normal? Will it ever end? Help. What shall I do to mend this bruised power bottom? (laughs) Sorry. What shall... (laughs) (laughs) He's bruised his power bottom. (laughs) That's not what it says. Sorry. What shall I do to mend this bruised power top ego? Much love, Matt. P.S. I've thought about using poppers. Is it common for tops to enjoy them as much as bottoms? Okay, a lot there. And first of all, I just want to say the idea of a power top is just feels aggressive and violent. Um, But what do you think? (laughs) Just enters the room like full just erection swinging. (laughs) Like Um, runs into the hole. <laughs> um okay uh 
are you asking me? Do you want my feedback on this? Yeah, I think okay. you're just a more experienced man and perhaps can give better advice than I can. I think that um, there are a couple things at play here. First of all, I don't think poppers are going to make you come. Um, I think poppers make uh, bottoms more relaxed. I do know that some tops like them. I know some people just like to do it for the head rush. I don't think that's going to help you get to a place where it's easier to come. Uh, someone could might disagree with that, but that... I think it's just not their function. The main point no. is if you're bottoming, it's a relaxing thing. Yeah, helps you relax, gives you a little bit of a head rush. I certainly don't think it's going to help you like get over the hump that way. Um, I think that you need to take a step back. I think that it sounds to me like there is some identity wrapped up in this power top thing. Um, if there is a bruised ego involved, then um, when ego starts getting involved in sex, it starts to complicate things. And then you might be in your head a little bit. I think you back it up and uh, take it out of the butthole. Um, jerk off with this guy. If you're attracted to him and you're having a good time, I think it's time to, uh, like take a step back from actual sex that takes the pressure off and find out how to come together. Um, you didn't mention anything about masturbation, but if you are still able to jerk off and make yourself come, um, do that with him, maybe have him help you out. Maybe you take it to oral. Maybe you take, just take, I would say anal completely off the table. Um, take the fact of the, this power dynamic of top and bottom completely out of the, out of the, uh, situation at all and uh bring it back to basics and find out how to um come and connect with this partner where uh, you're not worried about the sex and then uh maybe introduce it back in there once you've kind of found your mojo a little bit and start ramping up but it sounds to me like uh you are a top you've had so much success with all these bottoms that is where your head's at and maybe you had one off night and that threw you off um but uh it just sounds like you need to take a couple steps back that's sound advice my my first thought was actually I like your uh, idea of, you know, working together a little more mutual, mutual masturbation, if you will. Um, but I also was thinking, perhaps remove the focus from yourself. Do not try to come. Forget about coming. Assume you will not come. Make your partner come and go from that place. Like, get rid of the, get rid of the about you-ness of it. Like, like you said, mm-hmm. the ego is automatically putting you in your head, which is not a great place to be when you're doing such a physical visceral thing you know um so if if your partner is a bottom who likes to come while he's getting fucked yeah make it make your focus like instead of fucking a load into him thinking think about fucking a load out of him Ooh, hot yeah yeah and then and then into a handkerchief Handkerchief. (laughs) yeah oh maybe that's the secret you know what you just need to just stop thinking about power topping and start thinking about coming in handkerchiefs it's very sexy Mm -hmm. (laughs) gross real quick disclaimer neither of us are qualified like most advice givers we are not professionals uh take it or leave it you asked us so we're gonna tell you but uh you know grain of salt all right well i think that's plenty for this week cam if folks want more of a best friend's journal where could they find us they can find us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com they can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com they can find us on instagram at mbfj podcast and as always please rate review subscribe on itunes it is the best way to get this show out there or you know just Share with a friend. Send them your favorite episode, which I'd be curious to know which one that is. Absolutely. All right. That does it for this week. Until next time, Mikey, always remember. You never know what someone else is going through. So just look into their warm brown eye with compassion. Why, why am I only seeing half of your face? It's like FaceTiming uh, with someone's mom. No, FaceTiming with someone's mom, it's usually just the reverse camera. I'm like, mom, please <laughs> press the flip button.